You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. Awesome. How good is that? That's probably the best series of ET I think we've ever done in the life of church. Well, great to have you with us today. What an epic moment that was in baptisms, right? I remember when I got baptized, it was a big, long, old school wooden pool that was freezing cold. Has anybody else been baptized when it's been freezing cold? But we do well at Audacious Church. We have a lazy spa Heat is cranked right up. Come on, somebody. That is living the dream right there. And uh, don't know what we're going to do with it now for a couple of months. Does anybody want to take it home? First hand raised gets it. I'm just kidding. Every hand went up. You better respond like that during this message, people. Get excited. Well, it's great to have you with us. We're launching into a new series as the VT so eloquently explained on family. And what I want to suggest in today's message in the short time I'll be preaching for is that family is God's idea. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, family is God's idea. Family is God's idea. Bible says this in Psalms 68, 5 and 6. It says, God is father to the fatherless, defender of widows. This is God whose dwelling is holy. Catch this. God places the lonely, where? In families. God places the lonely in families. A group of 60 MPs recently, 60 MPs and lords, put together a Strengthening Families Manifesto. And one of the articles within it said this about family. Said, our culture of family breakdown drives many other big policy challenges, such as poverty, low productivity, poor mental health, educational underattainment, downward social mobility, and growing demand for social care. They added to it that one in 10, get this, 16 to 25-year-olds had spent at least a month couch surfing because of relational breakdown. Add to that this, that family breakdown costs the government to the tune of 48 billion pound per year. But this is the good bit about strong, healthy, stable families. Says this, stable, healthy families, same article, are at the heart of strong societies. It is within the family environment that an individual's physical, emotional, and psychological development occurs. From our family, catch this, we should learn unconditional love, understand right from wrong, and gain empathy, respect, and self-regulation. These qualities enable us to engage positively at school, at work, and in society. Audacious Church Chester and friends today, I want to suggest this, that strong family isn't just society's good idea, but strong family is God's idea. wonder if you ever had a time in your life when you felt uninvited from the party or left out from the family. When I think back some 20 years or so ago, I remember in primary school that when it was one kid's birthday in primary school, it was like an unwritten rule that they had to send an invitation out to every kid in the classroom and that every kid would attend the birthday party. 
Now, if the parents were keen to have 30-something kids trash the house, then 30 invitations were sent out. But some parents would have given their child 10 invitations and said, look, invite 10 of your best mates from your class. They'll come around, we'll have a party. It will be awesome. But I remember when it was Christina's birthday party and 20 other people in the class got an invitation to the party, but I was left out. Let me tell you, church, devastated was an understatement. I ran home to my mom, tears streaming down my face, so gutted, upset, devastated that I didn't get invited to Christina's birthday when 20 other kids got invited to Christina's birthday. Totally left out, totally distraught, felt totally excluded. But 20 years later now, I don't have a clue who Christina is. And we think, church, it would stop there in primary school. But actually, it moved on to my teenage years. I remember when my mom and stepdad came to me and announced to me that for a holiday this year, we are going to Texas. I was like, Texas? Awesome. I'm going to be a cowboy, buy a cowboy hat, get my boots on. This is going to be epic. I was so pumped. Until my mom looks at me and says, no, 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 we're going to Texas. You're staying at home with your granny. Oh, church, devastated. But mom, I'm your son. How could you do this to me? And I spent the whole two weeks hanging out with my nan and not in Texas. Devastated was an understatement. But we think, church, don't we, that it would stop in our teenage years and we'd move out past this sensation of exclusion and feeling left out of the family. But the reality for all of us is, church, that still today we all have moments like this where we feel excluded and left out of the family. Maybe for you it's been at work, you've come in the next day to work and you find out that all of your work colleagues went out for dinner the night before, but you didn't get invited to the party. Or maybe you find out that our youth pastors, Josh and Abby, are getting married and you're excited to be on the guest list and come to the wedding, but turns out you've been left off the guest list because only 30 people are allowed during COVID. You feel left out, discluded, devastated, not counted in. But I want to suggest today, church, is that God has family for us all. God has a family where you're included. God has a family where there's a seat for you at the table. God has a family for you today where you're a first thought and you're not an afterthought and you're brought in welcome, not discounted or discluded. The Bible says this, God places the lonely in families. Now, before we do a deep dive on three things about family, we have to do a little bit of digging into the past of the Bible to see God's intentions for family. In Genesis 28, 18, God says this to Abraham, and through your offspring, Abraham, all nations will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Church today, family isn't a tick box in God's agenda for humanity, But family is the overarching theme for God's plan for humanity from the beginning to the end of time. Family is God's vehicle for blessing. Post-fall, God is speaking to Abraham and telling Abraham, through your family, the nations would be blessed. 
In other words, it's through the family that comes restoration, through the family that comes blessing, through the family that comes favor and God's promises for mankind. But this is how good God is, get this. Throughout history, no matter how many times the Israelites, in other words, the people of God, messed up, God still showed blessing, favor, provision to the Israelites. It's known in the book of Judges as what's called the cyclical cycle. In other words, the Israelites get comfortable and content and then start to turn away from God, become self-reliant and turn to evil things. But then as what happens with life, disaster comes, problems come, and the Israelites turn and cry out to God for someone to lead them, deliver them and bring breakthrough. So God provides for them a judge and the judge comes, brings peace, leads the Israelites and everything is restored. But then the whole thing happens all over again, the same cycle. But what God does is this, because God in the beginning formalized his word with a trust, with a promise, which is known as a covenant, it means God has held himself to his word, that he is committed to blessing the nations, committed to blessing family. No matter how many times we get it wrong, go our own way, God's commitment to us is blessing through family. Now catch this from Abraham's line, how epic this moment is. Abraham, his grandson is called Jacob, who makes a promise over his son, Abraham's great-grandson, Judah, that through his line would come the king. And that king, when you read the end of Matthew 1, is Jesus. In other words, today, church, through the family came the promise. Through the family came the Messiah. Through the family came the Savior. Through the family came the Waymaker. Through the family came the hope of all humanity, Jesus Christ, through the family line. And the good news for us today is it doesn't stop there. Romans 4.16 says this, therefore, the promise comes by faith so that it may be grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring. Catch this, not only those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. That's us. He is father of us all. So good news today, church. We have been grafted into the family of God through Jesus Christ. We have been brought under blessing. We have been brought under favor. We have been brought under the promise of God today that was intended in the beginning, but now through Jesus is accessible, available. We can activate today through faith. That's the power of the family. We don't just have a physical family. We have a spiritual family. This is the spiritual family of God. This is audacious church, one of many hundreds of thousands of churches that call ourselves Christians. We are a spiritual family. And in the words of Sister Sledge, we are, oh, I was better than the 9.30. Let's do that again. We are. We could do that all day, couldn't we? But we've got to move on. My first point today is this, is family is what God does. Family is what God does. The Bible says it like this in Luke 22. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer for I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of 
God. Church, throughout the entire Bible narrative, God has been on a mission, on an agenda, on an intention to bring back humanity around the table of relationship with himself. Now, when I think back to my uni days, 19-year-old Lee Brown, I was living at home for uni, traveling in, but I very rarely came home for dinner. Now, church, when you ask me what I spent my student loan on, I spent part of it on an Apple MacBook Air, living my best life, until a year later, I spilled apple juice on the Apple MacBook. The irony is crazy, and it broke on me. Not a great investment. Side note, other brands are available. And in the rest of my student loan, I spent on takeaway food, fast food. My mum was forever on a mission to bring me back to the table, to eat food at the table with the family. But when my mum called me when I was at uni studying for the day, she'd say, Lee, come home for dinner tonight. We've got gammon and spuds and broccoli. And I thought to myself, I could go home and have gammon, spuds or broccoli, or I could have a nice kebab. I could have a burrito. I could have a Big Mac. I forgot this is 11.15 and we're all getting hungry. I decided time and time again to get the takeaway food rather than eat at the table. And right here, Jesus has a moment with the disciples where Jesus breaks bread and shares wine, symbolic of the price he was about to pay on the cross for humanity. And what Jesus did was, is Jesus gave the bread to the disciples. Jesus, who is God, gave the bread to the disciples and the disciples broke it with one another. God having communion, family with man and man to one another. Jesus's whole plan was to bring you and I back around the table with God, restoring community to humanity. So today, church, I want to remind you, God wants you at the table. It's at the table of God's family that we commune together with God. It's at the table of God's family that we grow in our relationship with Him. It's at the table of God's family that we find out the plans and purposes that God has for us around the table of God's family. Today, church, stop settling for the drive-through fast food Christianity and take your seat at the table, the family of God. From the start of creation, God's intention was to bring humanity back around the table. And the second thing I want to suggest about family today is this, is family is who God is. Family is who God is. The Bible says like this in Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered over the deep waters. Catch this. And the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Let's expand that with a New Testament Bible verse. It says this, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Well, what does that say, church? Let me put my Bible college hat on for a second. It means that God himself is community. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We don't have three different gods, that's tritheism. We've got one God who reveals himself in three persons, in the Father, in the Son, and in the Holy Spirit. This in theology is what is known as the Trinity. Now the Trinity, you might have heard it before, is a word that's not written down in the Bible text, but is called a revealed doctrine that helps explain what is going on with this beautiful relationship. C.S. Lewis says it like this, 
God is a dynamic, pulsating activity, a life, almost a kind of drama, almost, if you will not think me irreverent, a kind of dance. The union between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is such a live, concrete thing that this union itself is almost like a person. It is as if a sort of communal personality came into existence. Church, I want to tell you today, before there was you or I, that God existed in community. God existed in the Trinity. Community is at the very essence of who God is. It's God's nature. It's who he is. And when we say things like, I can do life on my own. I don't need to come to church every week. I'm good, just me, myself, and I, and Jesus. What we're saying is, is we're saying, God, I don't need to replicate the community, the framework, and the model that you've set. I'm better off on my own. Whereas God says you were destined for community. You were designed to be together. You were placed in my family and on my table. And one of the great tragedies of this season is, is that it separated community, the very essence of who God is. So that's why over the last six to eight months, we've been meeting here week in, week out. We've put on virtual coffee nights, extraordinary home, lots of different things for you to access because God's heart for you and I, church, is family. Family is who God is. And the last thing really quick is family is what God wants us to experience. Family is what God wants for us to experience. Genesis 1.26 says, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. God wants us today to experience the dynamic life-giving, rich, vibrant community that is available in him. Ecclesiastes 4 says it like this. Two, in other words, community, are better than one, meaning isolation, because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls down and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Family takes work. How many people know that is their reality today? Family takes work. Verse 9 talks about the labor that has to be put in to building a strong family. Now, let's be honest for a second. How many of us have thought that when we've had, you know, we've got married or we've had kids, life would somehow become easier? Don't know if you've ever thought that. I thought right before we got married that when Lysandra and I get married, I could come home from work, put the feet up, get a Coca-Cola, play the Xbox, watch the Formula One, watch Newcastle beat Leicester 4-2, thank you, Jesus. You know, do all this stuff and just live my dream. But the reality is, church, the moment you get home, you realize there's dinner to put on, shopping to do, dishes to clean, hoovering to do, dusting to do, and the list goes on and on and on, doesn't it? Because family takes work. But what the Bible is saying here is there's a great return on your investment and the benefits of the work that it takes to invest in family pay dividends for the future. Galatians says it like this, don't grow weary in doing good because a harvest is waiting if you do not give up. Word for you today in your family, don't give up. Oh, but I'm going home and it's hard. Don't give up. Oh, but you don't know what's happening under the surface. Hey, go again. Don't give up. 
family takes worth. Second thing quick within this narrative is that family lifts up. Verse 10 says, help the other up. Two, one can help the other up. And today, church, I think one of the great lies in life is that we're all in a rat race trying to reach the top. And in order to get there, we have to push each other out of the way, clamber on top of each other to reach where we want to go. But I reckon, now I believe, nobody has got better by pushing somebody else down. And today, church, I want to encourage you that family lifts up. Make a decision today in your family, in our church family, lift someone up. Give them an encouraging word. Look them in the eyes. Give them that twinkle that says you're loved, you're graced, you're cared for, you're known, you're seen. Help each other up. Let's get around each other. The last thing is family stands together. Verse 12 says to defend. They defend the other. Cover each other's backs. We're in each other's corners. We're our biggest fans. We're our advocates. We're our champions of one another. And today God gives you this invitation to join the family. God gives you the exclusive access that is available for everyone, paid by the blood of Jesus, so you could have life in Him today. Family stands together. The family of God stands together. So let's support one another, champion each other. Let's provide for one another, because this is the model of family that God has always intended for us. Family is what God does. Family is who God is, and family is what God wants us to experience. Today, church, make the decision to connect with God. Make the decision to take your seat at the table. Give, love, serve. Don't just do life in your own little corner by yourself. Step into the family of God today. This week, build bridges and relationships where there's been walls of disagreement, fractured walls, walls of divide. And let's be a united family, standing strong together. Look someone in the eye. Tell them their love today. Or get along this week to Tuesday night, to our virtual coffee night. Can't wait to do this in person in the next couple of months. But Tuesday night, make a decision. Get involved, take your seat at the table, and be a part of the family. And I wonder today, church, what could it look like if each and every one of us played our part? We made a decision to be the family of God, the community that God had always intended. I reckon not only would our lives be richer, fuller, more content, but we would reach more people than we could even imagine. Because the moment they stepped through these doors, they knew they belonged. They knew they were welcomed home. And if this is your first time today, we'd love to say to you, welcome home. Come as much or as often as you want. We'd encourage you to be planted in the house of God because where you're planted, you grow. But if this is the only time you join us, we're your family, we love you, care about you, God's got a great plan for your life. But our encouragement is this, head to the gazebos after, get connected, join Extraordinary Home, where you can find out how to belong, believe, dream and achieve at Audacious Church. And let's do family well, and let's do family together. Right across this place, would you bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment? Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com.